Quite the Thing Media, we aim to bring you the best podcasts produced by independent creators, made without constraints. Hello everyone, welcome back to What Maneuver. We've been away for a few weeks there, just through holidays and, and scheduling uh, conflicts and stuff. My name's Simon, uh, as ever, I'm joined uh, by Kev. Kev, how are you? Hello everyone, glad to be back. Good, good. And we've got another special guest this week, a uh, returning guest, it's Craig Pryor. Craig, how are you mate? Very well, brother. Thanks, brother. Yeah, you can tell from, from Craig's intro there that we're actually, it's a bit light-hearted tonight that we're going to discuss... Um, some of you might have seen him trending in the news, the wrestling news over the last couple of weeks, but I'd imagine most wouldn't have done. Um, we're going to be discussing the, the very tall tales of one Mr. Terry Balea, also known as Hulk Hogan. Kev, growing up, Hulk Hogan, we all knew him as, say your prayers, eat your vitamins. But behind the scenes, there was a, a very political, sort of politic player behind the scenes. He was larger than life in more ways than one, and he just liked to Talk shite. Um, so <laughs> I think that's as, as uh, bluntly as we can put it with Hulk. Memories of him growing up as a kid and obviously into the NWO days as well with yourself. I'd imagine growing up you were a big Hulkamaniac. Yeah. Uh, first wrestling event I ever watched was Royal Rumble 1991, won by Hulk Hogan, who just appeared to be a, a Superman, a superhero in the flesh. Built like a god, and yep. we're obviously a wee bit late to the party. Side, I mean, Hulkamania had been going from what '86, and it was really just coming over here early early '90s. Yeah, you obviously you go back and you you watch all his matches and the Macho Man feuds and stuff like that, and you really you fall in love with with Hulkster. And it was a simpler time back then, no internet to just Google and find out all the all the bad stuff. It pretty much took for what you see on TV as as gospel and. And I think my love of wrestling sort of waned a wee bit when when Hulkster left, and sometimes you get like that. You you he was perhaps bigger than wrestling, and then yeah. of course when you come back into the late nineties, he's again front and center of the boom period of wrestling. Now he's a bad guy. NWO is one of the coolest things going, and Hogan's there again. And just when you think it might peter out, when WCW crashes and burns. He comes back and he's another epic match with The Rock just to, to more or less tail end his career in WWF and what a career it was. But like you say, it certainly was not without incident. It wasn't. Craig, what about your memories of Hulk growing up? Was, were you a Hulkamaniac? Did you not like it? I know some people preferred The Warrior or Macho Man. Um, what about yourself? No, I'm pretty much the same. Um, similar timeline to Kev to getting into wrestling. First match I saw was my Saturday night's main event, best of tape with him superplexing <laughs> boss man off the steel cage. Um, yeah, big Hulkamaniac. Even went to the cinema to see Suburban Command. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and again, you know, um, yep, uh, cheered when he did it, uh, when he <laughs> had his fourth Fifth, uh, fifth title win at WrestleMania 9 in about four seconds and, uh, yeah. you know, um, went to, got big into the NWO, loved the 2002 return and even had to go to the Impact Zone, um, <laughs> TNA to go see the big man live for the first time, brother. Uh, five, hours, five hours of my life I'll never get back <laughs> during the, the, what was it, E, EV 2.0 oh, 
um, phase they were going through there and oh god yeah, yeah. Lesnar but, said the better about that but he did he came back after that as well so he kind of tried to cement his legacy didn't he again but I think he's always he's always wanted that one last match and Vince has never ever agreed to it for a variety of reasons I, I think uh, I think if it wasn't for the pandemic he might have won the Andre, Andre the Giant Battle Royal um, at Tampa 2020 if it happened uh, possibly, possibly. That, that was strongly rumoured. Wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been a surprise to see him get one last uh, big win. But yeah, he's had a controversial last couple of years as well. He's had court cases galore, divorces. He's, he's fell out with his best pal for pumping his wife. I mean, it's it's <laughs> um, it's an ongoing list of racism stuff as well. It's all never ending. But even when he makes the odd appearance again, he's always well received and. Majority of fans, are, he's an endearing character, so yeah, the majority of fans respect what he's, what he's done down the years uh, on screen, um, maybe not so much off it and behind the scenes, but we'll kick it off and with his list of tall tales then, Kevin, and we obviously mentioned how he was, Hulk was in different films growing up, I mean, Craig mentioned going to see Suburban Commando and Mr. Nanny, they were the big two early 90s ones, and apparently there was another one that he got offered the role of... Um, Darren Aronofsky, who directed The Wrestler. Um, I think a lot of seen that. Mickey Rook film. Pretty actually not, not a bad not a bad film. I'm sure it won a couple of Oscars as well. Um, apparently, Darren Aronofsky offered Hulk the lead role three times in that film. Uh, Hogan claims he turned it down because he didn't deserve it. Uh, it's then turned out Aronofsky categorically denied Hogan was even considered for the role. So, what do you ever think to the likelihood of Hulk Hogan playing the wrestler. The thing is, right, if one of these incidents was to happen and it was a one-off, right, you would maybe take Hulkster's word. You, you would say, right, fair enough, like you say, not always successful, but Hogan has been in films. He was in Rocky. There was a Rocky 2, he was in Rocky 3? Three. 3. 3, wasn't it? I with Clubber Lang. He was uh, Thunderlips. Uh, so, he's done some decent things in movies. He's been okay. He's, not the rock level of movie star by any stretch of the imagination, but he still, like you say, Mr. Nanny was fine. I remember watching that as a kid. Yeah, it was, it was there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it stands up too well. He'd obviously been in a what was the the wrestling picture he was in with Zeus? No holds barred. Oh, uh, no holds barred. I've still never seen that film, and I really need to watch it, but I just can't find it anywhere. Um, I think it might be on Amazon, but it's got some big price on it, so I'll need to have a look. Um, well, maybe we'll watch along with that, right? Well, maybe yeah. we'll do something like that, right? Or we'll review it. We'll do a wrestling film review or something. But yeah, that's a, that's a show for another day. But mm-hmm. in theory, mate, it's, it's, it's feasible. But when you come out and say that I was offered it several times and then directing and says, no, you weren't, um, and it's a trend that goes on with these lies, is they're quite easily. Disproved. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like you're saying in 1970 I met up with such and such a girl and this happened and nobody could prove it because nobody else was saying that it's your word against theirs. But in the modern day, you'll find a lot of these lies, tall tales, one quick Google and they're easily disproved. And when the director is asked, "Did you offer this role to Hulk Hogan?" I mean, there's ways he could say it. I mean, if if you're being kind, you could say that the director's maybe not wanting to say, oh, we didn't want Mickey Rourke first. He doesn't want to make that out. So he's maybe a wee bit political and say that we explored several avenues, but no, he 
be quite out and says no Hulk Hogan's not offered this role yeah I think that's that's pretty much spot on with regards to that one so uh, these acting days were long over by then I mean that film came out in like 2008-2009 so yeah I think he would have been well out for that one um, next one's a bit of a sports one um, he was an all-state pitcher in high school claims that he was scouted by both the New York Yankees and the Cincinnati Reds but an injury prevented him from signing with either team now this one's got a bit of dubiety about it again because Cincinnati Reds were the team I think that the Macho Man had trials with um, when he was younger so I think that was just a dig at him. Um, New York Yankees, obviously one of the bigger teams in baseball. So Craig, I think that's just Hulk talking of our mince as usual. I think it's just. I think there's some of these that are, you know, typical wrestling hyperbole. You yeah. know, uh, that goes for heights, weights, attendance figures, um, the ho- the whole lot. Um, you know, even like even the previous one involvement with the film me no, I doubt he would have been offered the role because you know but you know I think at that time in the Chappie's career there's there could have been an agent discussion whereby they said oh would you be interested and that might be as far as it goes but the sports thing I mean as far as I know I mean pretty much is he played a little bit of baseball and played a little bit of guitar but <laughs> uh, I, mean, I mean, to be honest, for the most, success, <laughs> the most successful um, wrestler of all time, or one-off, he's not exactly the most coordinated chap. No, it definitely wasn't. We'll get to the, the guitar a bit later on as well. Um, this one, more modern stuff. Uh, Hulk claims he was the first one to notice Kevin Owens' potential. He, cl- he quotes, well, I hate to brag about it, but I am the very first one to point the finger at Kevin Owens. Uh, Kevin Owens had worked solidly in the Indies for the last decade before Hulk made that comment. Um, Kev, I think we'd all heard of Kevin Owens, Kevin Steen from his time in the Indies, Ring of Honour and that as well. So I think Hulk is, uh, I don't know where he got that one from. Uh, I think that was just to maybe carry a bit of favour with, with Owens and hoping that he wouldn't ever rip him in a promo, maybe. Well, apparently he gave us an interview to Radio Yorkshire and this is where this one came from. But he said he he first seen him on NXT TV. That, that that's a wee bit like if you went back to whatever year Man United signed Cristiano Ronaldo and saying, "Oh, I discovered Ronaldo. I thought he was a good player when he would run the book for Man United doing all these tricks." That's not really discovering someone. Discovering yeah. someone is generally spotting him on an indie show in a barn in front of twelve people and saying, "Oh, this guy's actually got something," or. Like he did with Big Show, he takes a lot of credit for Big Show because I think he spotted him in the crowd. Was it a basketball game or something? Or, he, or something and he thought he'd be a good wrestler. So there yeah. you could take credit for discovering people. When you're on national TV doing that job, you can't really say that I think that's a great idea to make him a wrestler and he, he's got something. So, again, Craig mentioned it there, right? There's a lot of these that perhaps there's a grain of truth to it. Now, perhaps Hulk looked at him and thought, oh, he's going to be the next big thing and he could be WrestleMania main event in a couple of years. That, yeah. that, that's feasible. And like Craig said, I mean, the film thing might have been Hulk's agent says, I was talking to an agent who was talking to somebody who was talking to something and they're going to make a film about a wrestler. Would you be interested in that part if I could get you a audition? It's a big difference from being offered the part three times, though. Um, so we we know Hulk comes from a world of wrestling where 
the majority of it is, I won't use the F word, it is predetermined and exaggerated. Uh, and in fact, when you said this, do you want to do a, an episode about the tall tales of wrestling? I thought you were just going to read through the Wrestling Observer and we could pick holes in that. That's, that's probably one of the 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 fakest things in, in wrestling is, is Mr. Meltzer's ramblings. But I say I think it's a, a lot of embellishment with Hulk and some of them are flat out lies. Some of them yep. are just total <laughs> let's open one mouth and just see what comes out. Um, but some of them I say I, I think there may be wee small grains of truth. Did Hulk hmm. play baseball at a game where there was a scout who was scouting someone? Perhaps. Was he there to scout Hulk Hogan and hoped he would play for the Yankees or the whatever other team it was? I very, 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 very much did. Yeah. Well, this next one will kind of go back to the, the world of the film. Um, we've talked about how he's a wrestler, he's an actor, he's a sportsman. Um, but did you know he could also be a screenwriter as well? Um, he starred in Mr. Nanny and Santa with Muscles. Uh, Hulk claims that he rewrote both, both these scripts entirely only to have his writing credit stolen from him by the Writers Guild. So, Craig, Hulk claims he's, he's writing movies now, um, rewriting both the scripts to the movies. I wonder what happened there. Well, he rewrote WCW for five years. <laughs> you know, that doesn't work for me, brother. Um, yeah, never know. Yeah. I, dare, I dare say he would have had input. Um, Vince would have been... Um, would Vince have been executive producer on both of them? He'd, I don't know about Santa with Muscles, is that not a WCW nah, one? Santa with Muscles, no, but I think the, the early ones, I think yeah. Vince, much, he did, much like he did with The Rock, when Vince released um, wrestlers to go and make movies, he'd always catch a executive producer credit. Um, so, to be honest, they're not exactly big Hollywood blockbusters. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, would you want the credit for these films? Ah, no, no, one, no one's likely to turn around and say, piss off Terry. I mean, the only reason they're getting bloody made is because he's in them. So, yeah, there's there's probably a safe chance that was actually true. <laughs> Here's a good one. majority of it is. Here's a good one. Uh, Hulk says he used to fight Pride Fighting Championship fighters in the 1970s. Uh, the Pride Fighting Championship was, of course, founded in 1997. So, who the fuck was he fighting, Kevin, in the 70s? <laughs> um, well, judging by his CV so far, it could have been anyone from a, uh, someone at a baseball game to someone uh, in a band that he's met while playing guitar, uh, or, in fact, several people that have died years before, because um, I think it might be a bit of a time traveller, and I know that's something we might come on to, but he has drinks with people years after they die. He, he wrestles and fights people when they die. People are fans of his before he actually wrestles and stuff like that. So maybe it's just going to be the next Doctor Who or something, because Hogan is clearly a time traveller. Maybe maybe he is the one that's right, and he's smarter than all of us, but... Um, yeah, to to fight in something before, well, what would they say, twenty years or so before it's invented? That, yeah, twenty-seven achievement yeah. would That's, be maybe a time traveler, as I said. It's one hell of a big phone box to get him in there, brother. <laughs> here's a good one. You're talking about people dying. This is this is he's going to claim that he's basically murdered someone here. He claims he was the first to slam Andre the Giant when he done it. Andre weighed six hundred pounds, and then claimed Andre died a few days after the slam. 
<laughs> so, I think we've all heard that rumour, but I mean, this was 1980, was it 88? No, 87, this match. Um, Slam held around the world. Andre, of course, died 1993, I think, so six years later, so. Six years for the effects of the slam to finally take hold. Um, that one's absolutely bollocks. Ah, is that just you know trying to get heat, brother, and making money because it's you know look, Craig, he was slamming him in 1980, and yeah, uh, you know, I th- I think that's. Going back to the the wrestling hyperbole with the the, the Andre being six hundred pounds, and I don't know what delightful narcotic he was on to think people would believe it. You know, it could induce a six year death like the five finger poke <laughs> from Kill Bill or something. But <laughs> cause of death. I was slammed by Hulk Hogan six years ago. <laughs> the the, the six year slam, brother. You're not going to see WrestleMania forty two. <laughs> Right, another death, uh, this one, um, the actor John Belushi, who knows Saturday Night Live, stuff like that, he died in 1982, um, but apparently Hulk Hogan uh, partied with him after WrestleMania 2, which happened four years later in 1986, so unless it was a ghost of John Belushi, Hulk's been partying with God knows who again. It could it could be his brother, but if you've ever seen any uh, Jim Belushi films, you're... Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, you know, K9 and Tupac's last film, Grid, uh, not Good Luck, some cop thing that was fucking crap. But, uh, yeah, nah. It Here we be- go. This is a good one. Kev will like this. Hulk Rules was an album released by Hulk Hogan and the wrestling boot band. One of the most famous tracks from the album was called, it uh, was a tribute song called Hulkster in Heaven. According to Hulk, he met a very ill Make-A-Wish child in England and got my ticket to SummerSlam 1992 at Wembley Stadium to watch him wrestle in the main event. Hogan wasn't at SummerSlam 1992. He wasn't even in the UK at the time. So, what do you think of that one, Keith? <laughs> I mean, there was a roided up giant in the, the main event of SummerSlam 92, but it was a bulldog, it wasn't yeah. Hogan. Um, I get, you could forgive these if he told this story about a child in I don't know Daytona Beach in 1986. Um, probably nobody would question it. Uh, nobody would go back and check the records to see if he was there. But when it's the one UK-based pay-per-view that, especially UK fans, but wrestling fans talk about because of a, a tremendous main event um, yep. that's really unforgettable, you weren't even yeah. on the card. Uh, <laughs> when, when exactly. Very, some of these. Where do you go? I was going to say no, because Hulk the WrestleMania eight match in ninety two that was his supposed retirement. Remember against Sid? Yeah, I so, can still remember those interviews with Vince McMahon. Uh, and, uh, I can still see them. The black won it, and he's like, "Well, let's yeah. be Hulk Hogan's last match." And he goes, "I won't know until I step out of the ring." Um, well, but thank, I, it's, well, thank you for the memories. Aye. <laughs> it's, a, it's another sick one um, taking advantage of the old Make-A-Wish kids um, yeah. you wouldn't see John Cena doing that ok Hulk claimed he was asked to join a start-up company known as the Ultimate Fighting Championship while the UFC wasn't nearly as popular as, as, as it is today Hogan said he wouldn't have joined because guys get beat up when the fight should be stopped so there he is uh, Craig claiming he helped uh, he was asked to join 
help start up UFC. Hmm. You know, there's that's actually possible. You know, the U <laughs> the UFC before um, whatever the two brothers that own it that employ that bald idiot to be front and center. Um, that was fairly disorganised. If you're looking to get into a pay-per-view market, get, why not try and get it with a guy that's been responsible for selling a lot of the pay-per-views going? Um, in terms of his views on the fighting aspect, yeah, I can believe that. I mean, crikey, he, broke his, he got his leg broken the first day of wrestling training for a choreographed sport. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think... Possible. I think, I think some of these are, you know, because of what's going on in the last decade or so with his personal life is it he's an easy one to kick now you know yeah um i mean even some of the the make a wish stuff um i'll go a little bit off tangent but there's there's a show on vice right now which i just thinks you know ambulance chasing um if you actually look at you know some of the um, bright sides of the ring mm-hmm. um, and a lot of good things that have been done but you know I mean that's quite an easy one to make up, but if you yeah. if you do do a deep delve, there is, is a, as Kev said, there's there, there's probably kernels of truth in some of these ones, and I don't think that one is prepost as preposterous as it's made out to be. Yeah, here's one. Especially when we're an ex pride fighter, I mean it would have been good get. You know what I mean? <laughs> if, if you're pride fighting twenty years before, but no, like Greg says, I mean, do I think UFC wanted Hulk Hogan to fight? Probably not. But could I see UFC asking Hulk Hogan to appear or yeah. put his name to it? Maybe, maybe, especially maybe. that time. But I, I, I can't see him being asked to step into a ring with Gracie or, or Shamrock or something like that because that I don't think it would have lasted long. Yeah, here's one I think probably get a bit of truth to it apart from the end. Now, while he was in WCW, Hogan said that a pay-per-view match between himself and Mike Tyson was supposed to commence. Hogan's excuse as to why it didn't happen was... And I quote, Tyson was too scared. So, this is probably about the time of Tyson going to WWF in 1998 and doing that angle with Austin and DX. So, there's probably a wee bit of truth that WCW were after him. I'd imagine that, but Vince is probably, he's seen the tide turn and got the checkbook out. Craig, what do you think? Why bother getting Mike Tyson when you can get Jay Leno? Um, <laughs> you know, um, nah, I mean, what you got Tyson in jail till ninety five. Yeah, arrives ninety four, um, ninety seven. He bites um, Holyfield's ear off. You can I mean, you'd have probably been looking at Hugh Tyson versus Face Hogan. So you're probably talking pre ninety six. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's probably millions of celebrities that. I've been mooted for wrestling appearances that they just haven't got over the line. I mean, look at Shaq Big Show, which I dare say, um, a another promotional probably get, but nah, it's 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 the conversation's probably taken place. And then the end of it's just yeah. <laughs> Would have been next one is Hulk Hogan claims in his heyday that he wrestled four hundred days in one year. Hogan claimed that since he travelled so frequently between the United States and Japan, the time difference made the 400 days a possibility. Kev, explain. Um, to quote David Dennett's doctor, it's wiggly wobbly, timey wimey. 
Um, time is not linear, it's not straight, it's clearly Hulk Hogan just whipping out the TARDIS again. For what it's worth, do you boys think Hulk Hogan would be a good Doctor Who? C- c- hmm. Can you drop a leg? Can you drop a leg on a Dalek? Um, but uh, I, I remember reading Bret Hart's book, and Bret spoke about this, about how he wrestled like so many days a year. Yeah, like, Bret was talking about three days extra or something or something stupid. It was like minimum because of the flying back and forward over the, the timelines yeah. and stuff. Um, it was the double shots as well, wasn't it? It was afternoon shows Aye. on a Saturday, evening shows on a Saturday, afternoon shows on a Sunday, evening shows on a Sunday. So you're looking at, you know, at best 10 shows a week. Now, like Craig says, and we spoke about this in, in WhatsApp and stuff, and it's maybe something we'll look at, Craig, and we'll do a show, see if Sci fancies it, talking about Dark Side of the Ring and stuff like that, how there's a wee bit of ambulance chasing. And yeah. sometimes when people have told lies in the past, right, uh, it comes back and you you start assaulting them. And maybe Hulk Hogan has misspoken. Maybe here he's meant to say he's wrestled 400 times in a year, like Craig says, double shots, every Saturday, Sunday, the matinee, and then the evening show, and then back and forth to Japan and whatnot. Or perhaps he's just gone into Hulk Hogan mode and just started talking and let his belly rumble. But I say, if he's sort of misspoken and said, well, I've wrestled 400 times in a year, that's very, very easy to believe because anyone that's listened to things like something to wrestle with will have heard about A-Towns and B-Towns and flying Hogan from a... a, a um, oh, what's the show? I'm... Um, a B town and then flying right into the A town to do the main event so that he could do two in one night. So for Hogan to work four hundred times a year in the the high times, I hundred percent believe that. Aye, the boom period, you know what I mean? Yep. It's like flying tours down the road or something. I can believe yeah. that. Flair's done it as well. Aye, exactly. But can I believe that he managed to create extra days, fifty extra days in a year? That's gonna be a challenge even for the Hulkster. Yeah. Okay, next one. He claims that Elvis Presley was a huge fan of Hulk Hogan before Hogan joined <laughs> WWF. Hogan briefly worked in the Memphis Territory in 1977. However, Elvis Presley died in 1977. So, unless he's watched these one or two matches at the Memphis Territory, uh, Craig, I think this is a Hogan tall tale at his very best. Might have just mistaken it for Jerry the King Lawler or the Hogan <laughs> Hulk man. <laughs> Could have been, and it probably was. Um, Kev Hogan claimed that both Metallica and the Rolling Stones wanted him as their bass player, uh, but Metallica member Lars Ulrich came to Hogan himself personally to ask him to play with the group. I've never seen Hulk Hogan then play with Metallica, have you? Uh, no, but again, if we're going to be kind to Hogan, maybe he says, oh, you should come on stage and play with us. As a one-off, might have happened. I mean, we've seen many, many wrestlers go on stage with bands. I, I remember for some reason, who was the one that done Edge's song? Was it Rob Zombie or something? And Edge yes. appeared on stage with him. So, yep. would one of the bands at the height of Hogan's popularity says come and do a bit on stage with us? Perhaps. Do I think he wanted to give up wrestling and tour with that band? I very much doubt it. Yeah. That Next bad, one. Oh. That bad Fozzy always want Chris Jericho singing for them. Oh, <laughs> God, <do>. man. <laughs> the singing is all that is, I. He's got another cruise coming up in a couple of weeks um, with them. The Jerry cruise. The Mark, the Mark's cruise. Yeah, I'd love to go on it. I mean, I think... When is that? 
they're going around the Caribbean again. Is it Florida and the Bahamas, I think? I've got it, just to super kick the young bucks overboard. <laughs> I'll go, just for the for the drink. Um, next one. Hogan claimed he had been offered and then turned down a Legends match at WrestleMania 22. Now, you'd think if it was a Legends match, he'd be fighting a big name. I don't know, The Rock in a rematch. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Nope, it was Hulk Hogan against Greg the Hammer Valentine. Um, Kev, what did you think of this? Greg Valentine is a legend, right? He's a, he's a, he's a legend. He's been there again. I, I spoke about Royal Rumble '91. He had a, a big role in that. He was sort of the Iron Man of that Rumble. He kicked about being a tag team wrestler, but he was never, never main event. Legends match because no. Hogan Hogan would just not have worked that. Hogan, like you say, Hogan would be working with someone like Undertaker, someone like Rock around that sort of time. Um, Steve Austin match was always mooted. Well, uh, Hogan um, Hogan inducted Oakland the night before at um, um, in Chicago, and then Austin came on to induct Brett and uh, all yeah. Uh, Austin did the classic, you know. Yeah, I was uh, I was looking at my bag and um, I was couldn't find something. Then I found something. And it was a caribou pass with Hulk Hogan's name on it. <laughs> <laughs> Hogan's face was an absolute picture. <laughs> <laughs> they just never ever seemed to get on. I think that was more Austin wanted. He was very protective of his character, so I don't think he would have wanted Hogan's paws anywhere near him at all. Uh, really to try and get a win over him. So fair play. To Stone think, cold for whole I, I think it was the way that Austin's career was derailed in WCW in ninety yeah. uh, four when you then started getting you know dug in and honky tonk man and you know the retirement tour starting. Now now a retirement tour is called WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Here's a good one. Back to Hollywood. Um and this is set in the nineteen eighties, so this is before his film started coming out. Hogan claimed he was blackballed from Hollywood because he turned down a gay producer's advances in the 1980s. So, um, we know Hogan released multiple films in the 90s, so I think that one's just utter shite, Kev. <laughs> um, would there be gay producers about in the 1980s? I assume so. Would they attempt to have a go on Hulk Hogan? Perhaps. Would they blackball from film? Maybe, maybe he was blackballed into making things like Mr. Matt, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, so that might have been a very apt punishment for him. Again, mate, I think we just need to find a listener. I don't really think that happened. Yeah, definitely. Should have been blackballed after starting out with muscles. That's another I mean, one I've still I, got I, to watch. I tell you, I, I, I've just heard about it on the way. But I tell you what, there must be some mighty brave predatory homosexuals in Hollywood because you know, you're, you're going up and advancing on a six foot seven, three hundred pound guy. Um, you watch um, Brooklyn Nine Nine. T- no, T- Terry. You know, you know Terry Crews, the actor. Yeah, yeah. Terry Crews has been, has been a victim of that as well. So, this is one brave chap that's going to go up and do that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. This one, I think. Spot on. I think it's 100% true. Whether it's for the NWO or not, I don't know. But I reckon this, what Hulk proposes is buying on the money. Hulk claims he came up with the idea for the NWO, but instead of Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, he wanted it to be him, the booty man, and the nasty boys. Kev? I, I, I can believe that. 
I yeah. honestly believe that. Um, look at TNA and what year was that? 2010? Yeah. The first one, remember, they took over and out come all the old cronies and the nasty boys are there about 20, well, maybe 15 years after the prime. And we know how close he is with Nob, so do I believe that one? Again, I, I, I don't think it would have been called the NWO, but would Hogan have wanted a group and suggested the nasty boys? 100%. Yeah, definitely. They basically, yep. basically did it when there was like him and Savage and Renegade, the Ultimate Warrior, look like against the yeah. dungeon of the Dungeon of Doom. Fuck man, that was some bad <laughs> times. Definitely was. Hulk claimed that Harley Race came to an arena with a gun in Kansas City in the 1980s and pre- proceeded to set the ring on fire. Then when he ran into Hulk Hogan backstage, shook his hand thanked Hulk for all he'd done for wrestling and asked Hulk for a job. Um, Harley Race was still pretty popular in the late 80s, the mid to late 80s. He was still well at the NWA, WCW, they're running WWF, Kev. So, yeah, this one's a bit, a bit out there for him setting rings on fire and stuff. I think you'd have heard about that if it was true. <laughs> oh, I need to watch what I say here because I can make some uh, jokes, but... With the way the world is, uh, I, I don't want to take any chances, but um, you ever been for a job interview, Si, and just decided to set fire at something and then say, how about it, when can I start? Uh, <laughs> even in the, the wacky world of pro wrestling, it's never it's never the best thing to do. Um, do I believe that Harley Race maybe tried to intimidate Hogan and then ask for a job? Yeah, I, I, I do. I've heard the gun story a couple of times from a couple of different people. Do I think he set fire in the ring? No, no, I don't. Um, I don't know how, even in the, the lax security days of the 80s, I don't know how far you would get with a jerry can full of petrol and a, a match, a bike for lighter fluid and stuff like that. I yeah. can't see it happening, but you're right, it, it was King Harley Race as well, wasn't he, just after that? So he yeah. definitely got a job, he got the job, but um, <laughs> the setting fire in the ring thing, I just uh, I can't really believe that one. I've I've read the gun part, and I've read that he threatened to do it, and again, it's it's wrestler hyperbole. Yeah, spot on, spot on. Next one, um, he sat next to Kerry Von Erick on a flight to Japan 72 hours before Kerry killed himself. Now, this one's absolute bollocks, because <laughs> trip to Japan, so you've got a couple of layover flights, so you're probably looking at least, you're saying you're 20-hour flight, um, there between your stops so you're looking at that coming back to you as well so Kerry Von Eric died in deep south in Texas somewhere so that's just another unbelievable one Kevin <laughs> how bad by a flight must that have been if he talked himself <laughs> when he got off the plane <laughs> it must be like hey, God is don't tell me these stories about Patricia from Hollywood pride fighting that was, that was the original plane ride from hell that's what that was. Um, maybe Hulk's right. Maybe Hulk Hogan wrote the script for The Sixth Sense and maybe he sees dead people and people are just no listening to him and no believing him. Maybe he body slammed them six years beforehand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Maybe it wasn't a Maybe the, the effects just took six years. You're right. <clears throat> Here's one I think was true. And I, well, could be. What, not was. Could be. He claimed he was a wrestler responsible for the WWF first selling merchandise. Claims he had to talk Vince into doing it. Craig, I think this is entirely possible because merchandise wasn't really a big thing until Hulk Hogan came about. 
to the extent that it was. <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, in general, but uh, yes, there's over there's over exaggeration there. Um, he can't even say he was the first one to do it in WCW because I got a sting big finger when he fought Big Van Vader in Aberdeen. Yeah. <laughs> Good old sting. <laughs> Next one. Claims he was going to commit suicide, had a gun in his hand, pointing at his head when his phone rang and it was Layla Ali. Now I'm assuming that's Muhammad Ali's daughter or I've, wife I've, or something. That was his co-host on American Gladiators about oh, right, okay. 10 years ago or so. Uh, got a call from her that he took as a sign that he should he should keep trying to live. Now, what what happened in that phone call, Kev? Uh, <laughs> she says, "I'll come and tell us some of your stories about people <laughs> you've been partying with." Um, anyone ever watched Father Ted, right? And do you remember the big picture that Ted drew for Dougal with reality and <laughs> real yeah. life? I think Hogan tends to get confused. I mean. I think he's maybe been watching TV and seen something like this happen this afternoon. I was watching 24 and a very similar scene happened where in season 5 the president's about to kill himself but then gets a, a phone call that he takes and he thinks it's going to work out for the best so he doesn't kill himself and I think perhaps maybe Hogan had been watching some TV or a movie yep. and decided that this has happened to him because I think the, the, the last he actually says this phone call never really took place. Yeah, well, there we it's, go. it's like wrestling in general. You got to be a mark for yourself and uh, believe what you're telling. And it's like the similarities between Mister Burns and Vince McMahon are getting more and more evident that we're just at the mercy of an eccentric billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> Next one. He claimed Vern Gagne got Nick Bockwinkle to shoot fight shoot on him during one of the AWA title fights. Hogan shot back during the match and won the fight. Now. I don't think there's any reference to this anywhere that this match even took place. So, um, no, Kev, uh, Hogan shooting back against someone like Bob Winkle, who was notorious for stiff working and just being an all-out professional as well, I, I don't think that would have happened. No, again, I know he's, he's a prize, prize fighter by this point in his career, Uh He's obviously got a, a good arm that the baseball mob wants to sign him. He can lift a bass guitar. He's obviously been slamming 600-pound giants that have killed him in a couple of days. So if it is true, then Nick Balkwick was probably lucky to be alive after this. Yeah, spot on. This one's another one I reckon's is true um, for once. Uh, he said he wanted to drop the title in 1985 to Rowdy Roddy Piper. But he didn't think Piper would be willing to lose it back to him. The Piper's on record saying that, that even if he won it, no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't job for Hogan in a million years. So he absolutely despised him. Uh, so yeah, Kev, this one's spot on. I'd say. I'll I'll ask Craig. That's right, Craig. What do you think? Because I'll agree with Sai. I think that if Piper had been willing to do business. I think Hogan might have dropped it, depending on the, the occasion, just to win it back. Yeah, no. I'm, a, I'm with you on that one. I mean, it's another show for another time, but it's like the length of title reigns and hot shotting. I mean, WWF has always been a face promotion for the majority of its time. You know, your heel champions were transitional champions, you know, 
with the exception of superstar Billy Graham, but you know, Iron Sheik, a three weeker, and etc. So, <laughs> hmm? yeah, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, Macho Man Randy Savage was a face and only turned heel for like, the last couple of months of it. You know, so it's predominantly always been a, a, a face promotion. Would and yeah, I could I could have seen them doing that, particularly as they moved into the pay, the pay per view model because they had was it the the wrestling challenge or something was the first one, then your WrestleMania ones and twos, Survivor Series come on. Ah, I think there's I think there is credibility in it. Um, even your Saturday night's main events, yep, yeah, I could see that being more than possible. And in fact, I think um, Piper's actually said it as well. He said, yeah. Yep. But, I, I, by this point, Piper's totally loving his gimmick of I never needed a title. <laughs> that was a good thing about Piper. He didn't. He was one of the very few that didn't need a title just to be over. He was just naturally charismatic. Everything, he carried himself so well. and He was one of my favourites as well, even up until his last sort of WWF run. I mean, I, it was just brilliant. Everything they had done for me, all his interview segments, the, even the matches, they, they hold up quite well. The match with Bret Hart. At WrestleMania 8, the one against Lawler, I think, at 94, King of the Rings, actually not too bad as well. So. And his match against um, the Mountie at the Royal Rumble 92, if yep. that would be, be the Tokyo Dome, bro, look at seven stars, brother. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> are. And I'm sure he beat Hogan as only, well. Only if he'd been in AEW. Was it, <laughs> was it Starcade 96, I think, he beat Hogan? Yeah, the, the, yeah, the cage or something. I can't make that, it a cage a little bit. No, that was... Age, yeah. in, a, age in a cage. <laughs> uh, they had um, uh, Starcade 96, and they had Super Brawl 7, and then they had another one at Halloween Havoc. Oh, Because right, okay. um, Kev's best friend, Cornette, did a brilliant like work shoot on Raw where they were talking about... Um, you know, WCW saying it was the greatest cage when it was only three weeks after Undertaker and Shane uh, and Shawn Michaels, and then he comes out. Cornette <laughs> comes out with a classic one. Kev, do you want to take it? Oh, you go firing, keep firing. He says, Hulk Hogan, you are a household name, <laughs> but so is garbage, and that stinks when he gets old too. <laughs> <laughs> right, next one. Uh, this possibly because I'd say it was. Time was changing in WWF. Claimed they wanted to turn heel at WrestleMania 6 on the Ultimate Warrior, but Vince wouldn't go for it. Kev, there's a possibility here. Hulk Hogan, Hulkamania was starting to, to wane a little bit. Warrior was the up-and-coming star. He went over, as we know. So I could maybe see Hogan's made some sort of appeal for it, but Vince has obviously got the films coming out in the next year or so. So, yeah, it's kind of like a John Cena debate. It just wasn't going to happen. I I think Bruce is on record as saying that he wanted to turn him heel like nineteen ninety one as well. So mm-hmm. whether it's Hogan's idea or whether he just thinks no that is that might actually be a good idea because we're laughing here, right? We're having a wee laugh and a joke. This is a wee a fun wee pod where we, we take the Mickey out of the Hulkster, but he's one of the smartest wrestlers that's ever been. I mean, generally he's picked the right times to jump in and jump off of things. He's People slag him for his moveset, but he he sold a couple of moves. He he done ten punches or whatever it was, and a big boot and a leg drop, and then he was in the shower. So he's the smartest worker there's been, you know what I mean? So we can't really slag him too much, but for these sort of things. But again, is there a kernel of truth to this? Probably, um, but now you just you can't see Vince at this point because we know what Vince is like. Vince 
when Fraser Horse until it's dropped and there was still yeah. some mileage left in Hulkamania at this point. Definitely was, definitely it was. Addy was basically the backup option in case Warrior didn't work, which, you know... Did happen, yep. <laughs> we don't know how he bombed in the next couple of months later. Um, okay, next one. Uh, in a match in Japan, he claimed that Tatsumi Fujinami tried to shoot on him and then steal the WWF title, but Hulk Hogan just beat him. Um, that's just another one of these tall tales, I think, with the, the sort of Japanese strong-style wrestling. That he's probably felt that he's, he's maybe gave an interview and trying to look big to the cameras, saying that this uh, strong-style Japanese guy has is, is went out there and tried to legit steal the WWF title. So Hulk's manned up a wee bit and just decided that he'll take him out instead, Kev. Chief <laughs> oh, has been such a big guy that's uh, apparently a well-renowned shooter fighter. Some people really... Try to have a go at them, you know, don't they? It's uh, uh, it's almost that they don't believe some of these stories as his uh, legit tough man background. But no, um, we'll give him credit for this one because this happened in Japan. Uh, there's probably not much footage, and there's probably very few people there that remember this. So we'll give him credit for this one. At least this one's a wee bit harder to disprove. But I very much doubt that somebody tried to steal the WWF title from him. Yeah. Definitely. Last few ones coming up here. Here's one that we'll, we'll address that's quite probably and probably as true. He once claimed that Andre, Andre the Giant took a dump in a hotel bathtub and it filled the dump filled all the way up to the taps. <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> given all the stories we've heard in the years about Andre and his, his beer drinking, drinking about four, four or five different cases and ten bottles of red wine. It's it's probably just indicative of the, the lifestyle that Andre led there. I'll, I'll let Craig take this one. Craig? Big, big dumps. Big, well, again, Craig, I'll say this to you. Japanese, if it's in Japan, Japanese bathrooms and that tend to be really, really small. Now, I'm not saying we've got a, a big Innes situation from still game here, but maybe a wee bit of exaggeration here, but it could have happened at least in the yeah, yeah. Uh, and human nature means you're going to have to go to want to see something that size. <laughs> right, this is a, possibly the best for last, this one, okay? Hulk Hogan claimed that he and Antonio Inoki had a match in Japan, here we are again in Japan, uh, claimed that um, Hogan beat him up so badly that Inoki died, but he got brought back to life after the match via CPR. This resulted in Hulk could, could not work in Japan for a while uh, after this match because the Yakuza were after him. Kev, here we go. Mafia, Yakuza, deaths again. He's murdered another wrestler, but he's brought back to life. What is the magical powers of Hulk Hogan? Well, um, Hulk Hogan is God. He can he can give life, he can take it away. Um, <laughs> Yakuza... Uh, after me, uh, that, that, that's me, that should be the best one because there's just so many parts to it. That, uh, um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm trying to digest it as I talk, but I've got a big cheese on my face. Like, but this one, the fact that he's beat up a guy in a worked match so badly that he's died. Right? Well, an Oki's bigger than Hogan. That's the thing. An Oki's bigger than him again. So it's another guy bigger than him. He's battered him, killed him. <laughs> We've seen people like Jerry Lawler. He he died and came back to life when that boy saved him. Um, yeah. When who was it? Ziggler that done him with elbows. So it could happen. Um, 
do I believe that somebody brought him back to life in the back? Nobody else has ever spoken about this to this day. I think this is uh, perhaps the tallest of tall tales from the Hulkster. Um, this side yeah. of his, uh, was it a 10-inch penis that he said he had at that famous trial? Yeah, I think it was at the old steroid trial. Now I want to know if Hulk's ever been back to Japan uh, since this incident, because then we might know if there's any truth as the Yakuza really are about. Um, I think that's about that's about does it for tonight. I mean, those it's a whole hour's worth of stories just in Hulk Hogan talking absolute nonsense at times, mixed in with a few tales that possibly could be true. Kev, any final thoughts on Hulk and his contribution? Well, not so much his contribution to lies, but his contribution to wrestling and how you see him going forward and what sort of role he's still got to play. Oh, I'm still a Hulk Hogan mark. I still love the big guy. He might be a wee bit of a BSer, but it's pro wrestling. The whole business is BS. So when I visit Orlando next time, I'll still be visiting Hogan's Beat Shop and uh, I'd love to get a, a photo with a big guy and then he could claim that I, I murdered him or something and then he brought me back to life or something. Just uh, something absolutely, totally ridiculous. And I perhaps we could start a campaign site for Hulk Hogan to be the next Doctor Who because he could join and um, bring his real life time travel experience to the role. Yeah, I certainly would be all for that, seeing as we're kind of going back the way with Doctor Who recently as well, so we'll be coming up with a new Doctor and new writer for the show. Um, Craig, last uh, words on Hulk Hogan for yourself, what kind of impact do you think he's still got to make, if anything, or do you think that's him done with wrestling in general um, in the next couple of years? Yeah, cause, I mean, he's what, almost 70. Um, I would say as Kev, I think he's, you know, He's Mount Rushmore. If I go to Florida, yep. Uh, crikey, I had to go to a bloody TNA tape <laughs> to see him live. I mean, <laughs> Jesus. Two hours to queue to get into that. And then it was like an ECW reunion, man. Oh, it was terrible. Uh, but no, <laughs> yeah, still, still love the big man. Still like to go back and watch a lot of it. And, fuck, he is, I mean, you imagine the life he's had and, he is sometimes now a fish out of water because, you know, it'd be very difficult to walk in his shoes. I think even if you see, like, some of the the early NWO stuff and then latterly the, the super NWO Wolfpack yeah. Elite, he was a fish out of water there as well when he's trying to, you know, be cool with the, the 40-year-old Kevin Nash rapper. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I still like the big chap. Like I said, it was... It was rumoured that if um, WrestleMania 36 had gone ahead in Tampa pre-pandemic that they might have had them out to win the Andre the Giant Battle Royals, that final swan song and final match. And yeah, I would have popped like hell and had a big stupid smile on my face. I did that at uh, WrestleMania 31 when him and Hall and Nash came out in the Sting Triple H match. So still a big fan. Quite enjoy seeing them drop in and there and, you know, you can say there's a bit of senility and maybe he's been hit on the head with too many chairs. Yeah. I mean, I personally always like seeing him back. I mean, he still gets one of the best reactions whenever whenever that music hits. And he's got the respect to the majority of fans, even though his style down the years might not have been the best to see in the ring, but he just had that sort of charisma and that magnetism that, that fans wanted to see. Um so no, for me, Hogan's he's definitely up there on the Mount Rushmore. He's, he's one of the top five of all time in that regard. Maybe not in terms of the, the styles, as we said, but 
no, his uh, contribution to wrestling can't be forgotten. And I just hope that things turn out well for him in his personal life and stuff like that, and he can finally get some peace with regards to folk calling him uh, stuff that he clearly isn't a racist and whatnot as well. So, no, uh, guys, thanks for joining us again tonight. Um, Kev, um, any thoughts? Any you want to do going forward for next week? Any wee teasers? Um, well, how about we do an unpopular opinion show? You mentioned Sting, and I've got a couple of unpopular opinions on Sting. So, cool. Craig, do you fancy it as well? Bring your unpopular opinions. Just for general ones, or Sting in general? Just wrestling. No, just wrestling ones, unpopular opinions. Do you think that it's brilliant when guys stand outside the ring and a group of ten people <laughs> wait to catch one? Do you think the Young bo- young Bucks are the hardest working tag team in wrestling and should be up there with the Road Warriors? Do you think Chris Jericho is as good as he's ever been? Um, any unpopular opinions you want? Okay, shite, no, and never. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and with that, we'll, we'll be it there tonight, guys. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening in. Kev, thank you. Thanks, buddy. No problem. And Craig, thanks again for joining us. We'll get you back on again. No danger. Be a pleasure. Brilliant. Brilliant. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. Good night. At Quite The Thing Media, we aim to bring you the best podcasts produced by independent creators made without constraints.